You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have your attention this week. So as we kick off our week, I want to take a little bit of time on the podcast to continue to remember Brother Hogan. His impact in our church family, monumental. I mean, five decades of faithful leadership. He was our example. He taught us to love the Lord, to read the Word, to follow Jesus. He really taught us to be the church family that we are today. So we want to remember him well, and we want to follow his example into the future and to the generations that are ahead. But today... I have a very special guest helping me remember Brother Hogan. Today I have Judy McCrary with me. If you don't know Judy, you've missed a treat. Judy and Brother Hogan were particularly close and their relationship was remarkable and interesting. I knew Judy and David as uh, youth group mentors and helpers, host homes, small group leaders. So Judy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Ben. All right, so let's take a trip down memory lane together. Judy, when did you meet Brother Hogan? Can you tell me about how that all started? I met Brother Hogan when I was 15. Uh, We were, my family and I were members at what Brother Hogan used to call a sister church in the area. (laughs) And uh, we changed our membership when I was in the 10th grade. I already knew Donna Ruth because she was my American history teacher. And I was president of the Bible Club. So I had made some trips over to their house. And um, I think it was a unique way to kind of get to know him because I got to know him through Donna Ruth first. And she kind of humanized him for me. Oh, yes. Because she kind of... Donna Ruth is a unique person herself, oh, and and it's easy to put Brother Hogan on a pedestal and think oh, he's so perfect. But Donna Ruth kind of humanized him for you me. Know, I've never thought about this, but I said I have said to so many people that Brother Hogan, because he the way he loved the Lord, his deep integrity, just like I mean, he just set apart. He's just a holy guy, right? He's also a fairly serious guy. You know, he's not a not a big prankster or anything like that. And so, you know, he's not going to do anything to offend the Lord. And so we, from the outside, you get this impression of him, like that he is this just immovable, like, you know, just just everything's perfectly, you don't see him loose or comfortable sometimes. But at children's camp, at Nicaragua, and in certain other areas, he was just a different guy. I mean, he was. Yes, he was. And you know what? I just thought about Miss Donna Ruth was in every one of those environments, right? That's true. She, she, that I is true. Of, maybe, maybe Miss Donna Ruth was the secret sauce to Brother Hogan's fun. Side. I think you may be onto something. I don't know. Um, okay, so so anyway, you you got to meet Brother Hogan through Miss Donna Ruth because of Bible Club. By the way, congrats on being the Bible Club, yeah, Club I know, president. Hard I'm to really believe. proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you. That's a big deal. <laughs> okay, so you met Brother Hogan through. Bible Club at mm-hmm. his home. And then eventually my family later that year, uh, we changed our membership. We started coming to Carterville. And then, of course, my whole family, my mom and dad, got to know him. Um, and we were, you know, fairly close the way probably most church members were to Brother Hogan until probably that first time that I went maybe to children's camp. And you're right. There's a different kind of side of Brother Hogan. And I used to love to go. He, Because at that time, we didn't have a children's minister. And so Brother Hogan was, he was in charge. And so he would always kind of sit us down. The adults 
probably especially talking to me and the youth that were going as counselors and explain, this is a fun week. We want you to have a good time, but this is for the kids. This is for the kids. And and that whole week was focused on the children. And we had a lot of good times with him at children's camp, and we probably gave him fits. But um, I, I my favorite time was, uh, you know, he would always go swimming with the kids oh, yeah. at least once while we were right. there. But this particular day, he had gone down to the pool, fully dressed, not intending to swim that day. And this little tiny girl, she couldn't have been older than second grade. Nobody coaxed her or told her. We were just standing there, and he was standing at the pool, you know, talking to the kids in the pool. And she just walked up behind him and gently pushed him, and he went (laughs) right in the pool. (laughs) Wallet, clothes, his little fishing yeah, hat Yeah, little thing hat he wore. children's camp, this wide brim hat, right? <laughs> but that was awesome. It was, you know, I can remember another time that uh, me and a few of the youth were up one night later than we were supposed to be, and we were planning to kind of, and don't let this stop. Now, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out. You, okay, you said... You were talking about children's camp, uh-huh. and a moment ago you were talking about adults. Yes. And now you're talking about youth. And what I need to clarify is, at this season of your life, were you the adult or the youth? I was. I was a youthy adult. <laughs> <laughs> so you were an adult. Yeah, I was an adult, and we were. Uh, we were. We had planned all week. The sixth grade girls had kind of been at us to to take them on a scary walk or to scare oh, yeah. them. And, and those so woods we, around Fountain. Yes. yes. But we had not done that. So they had gone to bed and we had decided, Linda Pierce and I, and I'll call her out, and a few youth, we were going to scare them. And we didn't have much to work with, so we wrapped our heads in tinfoil and we snuck around to scare them. And in the process, we woke up Tim's group of first and second and third grade boys that he had just gotten to sleep. Okay, so Tim Hubbard's group of boys. He was not happy. And can I tell you how hard it was back in those days to get this? Apparently, to sleep? Yeah. and he was not happy. So he come running out to catch us, and we ran to hide from him. And we hid around the side of one of the cabins, and we were being real quiet. And we were we were trying to not get caught by Tim. And all of a sudden, we heard a voice, and for a second, I thought it was God. It said. <laughs> Get away from the building. (laughs) It was low and strong, and I thought, this is God. Something's about to happen. He's telling us to get away from the building. And it was Brother Hogan. He also did not like being uh, awakened at, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. So... But um, we had a great time. I did, mean, I, did he uh, did he invite you back? Did you? He he did invite us back. I mean, all was always forgiven after every prank. You know, we were we were forgiven and forgiven and forgotten until the next year. <laughs> but um, you know, those memories I have of Nicaragua, the same thing. We were there for those people. You know, we may have had a good time, and I can remember the. The days were long and hot, and you were tired, and you would think, okay, this will be the last group we're going to see because we've been doing this for 10 hours. And But as long as there were people ready for a church service that he could put— We're going to do another he, one. We were going to do another one. And it that kind of energy—you know, I've heard a lot of people describe him this week as one word, and they say faithful and compassionate, but to me, it was— Passionate. He just had a passion for for spreading the word of God. And you know, it wasn't loud. 
Like, no. that, like when you use the word passionate, a lot of times we envision somebody that's just loud and boisterous and you know strong and flamboyant, fills the room up. Brother Hogan was not that guy. No, he wasn't. But he did have a drive. Like you have to explain why, even in his 70s and 80s, he was still the energizer bunny for Jesus. And the reason is because he had great passion it has for to, the Lord. The only reason why he could have that kind of energy. I mean, no one... No one could keep up with him in his 70s. I mean, with these trips that I went to Nicaragua on, I think he was in his 70s through most of those trips. And, you know, it was exhausting watching him. And um, But I loved to hear him preach on the, and those church services at night. And he would always preach when on the last night he would preach a message, and I know you've heard it, and he would use this illustration <laughs> of putting lipstick on a pig. Lipstick on a pig. And, um, you know, it was just... Every time those people would start laughing, you know, most of them were very poor, and but, but they knew pigs. But they knew pigs, and a lot of times you'd see a pig walking right down through the middle of the village or coming into right. the school where we were. And so at first, when he would make that point, they would laugh and say, "This, you know, this what is this man talking about?" And then he would get on to, you know, the point he was trying to make that you can dress it up or you can, you know, make it look good on the outside, but it's still just a pig, you know. And it, I loved to hear him preach that I know, message. Do, do you remember his point? I I don't remember a lot about <laughs> his point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I was so exhausted during yeah, every sure, service. But, but. Well, I, I, I think he was telling telling people that like you, you you can put the lipstick on a pig or dress up the pig, but really you should change the pig from the inside out. Yeah. Or Jesus can change that pig to something better. And then like on the inside, when we meet Jesus, we're dead, and we can dress up dead. We can dress up sin, but until Jesus changes and we become a new creation, we're still, you know, I'm preaching about new, well, actually, I guess by the time people listen to this podcast, yesterday I preached about new creation. Maybe I should preach or have preached about putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> but I love that. I yeah. love that illustration. And it always seemed to hit with the, um, you know, they would just be so amused by it. Yeah. And by the end of the sermon, you know, I'd, those church services were special they and were. they were a need to be a part of. And don't think because you worked all day and you were hot and tired, you were going to miss that That's service. Right. That's right. <laughs> he was going to make sure you were there. All right. So let me ask you a couple of questions. The first one is, what was Brother Hogan to you? He was a mentor. He was someone that I could go to at any time and and get advice, especially after the loss of my parents, especially oh, yeah. my mom that yeah. I was so close to. Um, there were just times that I would want to go to my mom, and I would go to Brother Hogan, and he always knew just the right things to say. We didn't always probably agree on the approach to different things, but I knew that he loved me, and he knew that I loved him. And um, I've never, ever, I've seen him get stern, and but I've never seen him get angry. Yeah. And um, he just was so wise, just so wise. All right, last last thing. So, Judy, Brother Hogan was your pastor for a long time. And I would love to know, what are some of the lessons, at least one, what's something that he taught you 
that you are glad he taught you? What did he teach you about the kingdom of heaven, about Jesus, about being a Christian? Like, Tell me something that your pastor left with you that we can remember on this podcast today. To me, I, when I think of him, I will always think, you know, church has changed a lot over the last year, 20 years, especially over the last 10 years. The way we do church has changed. But the message is still the same. And everything that's been changed about maybe the way we worship or the way we do our services or Brother Hogan was always the same. No matter what kind of changes were coming up, he was always the same. And his message was the same and his approach was the same. And I think, if anything, I just learned to love people. I mean, he loved people. So much, you know, he just, there were times that you would go to the hospital and somehow he would beat you there. I don't know how he knew that you were there. I know there were times that my mom was in the hospital that he came that morning and he'd be back that afternoon. I mean, he was just back and forth all the time and just, um, just Always, I always got a phone call from him if I was sick or one of my kids were sick or something was going on. I mean, he just, he had this way. I'm telling you, those eyes, there was something about those eyes because he could scan that church and tell if you were in church or not. I don't know how he did it. It might have been something with his lazy eye that gave him an extra advantage. He could spot it. Judy, I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for being one of those people that learned from Brother Hogan, followed his example, and is still following Jesus today. He'd be proud of you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast today. I appreciate you listening. If this episode of the podcast was encouraging to you, or you can think of somebody who would be blessed to hear it, why don't you share it with them? Judy, I appreciate your time. Listeners, thanks for being with us. God bless you. Let's follow Jesus well. Jesus well.